Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And we are currently going through the book of James. And in this episode, we talk about James 4 and how to face each day and how to deal with difficult people. It's a really great episode and we are so glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Hey everybody, grab your Bible, a journal, maybe even a cup of coffee. And I'd like for you to write this down. James 4, verses 1 through 3. What is the source of wars and fighting among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Hey everyone, I hope that you grabbed your Bible and sit down with us and, and join in our conversation. We're at James 4. And Kara, today, you know, we're just kind of getting into James 4, and it, it's like it's a consistent theme here where James is really trying to, to talk to the Jewish people and say, what are you doing? Obviously, there's issues within the group that he's talking with, the Jewish Christians. They're fighting. He's told them last week, he said, you know, you need to watch your tongue. Mm -hmm. You need to watch what you say. And we talked about that. We talked the power of the word and how Mm -hmm. powerful when someone says something to us and how it can direct us. And not only is it what we say to other people, but what we say to ourselves as well. Right. So today he goes into the same theme, to be honest. I think if you looked at the whole uh, letter, you will see this consistent theme where James is saying to the Christian, you know, this is how you should live. It's, it's not a, a letter that has a lot of doctrine or theology in it. It's just practical principles, things that we need to really know as a follower of Jesus. And uh, I know for me, as I've been reading James and really kind of meditating, today is kind of a, a different kind of twist a little bit. Because last week, you know, I was really challenged about things that I said to myself and things I would say to other people and how powerful it is sometimes in what we say and, and the words and the thoughts that we have and the things that we put in our mind and how it will direct our choices. And then today, he's kind of talking about, again, something within. He's saying you're so concentrating about the wars and the things, the struggles and the quarrels that you have among each other, but actually it's your problem. And, you know, we've kind of talked about James getting in your face a little bit. That's exactly what he's kind of doing. He's saying, you are fighting among yourselves, but really and truly, aren't you just really struggling from within? Hmm. I think that uh, what James is saying is that you're desiring something that God is not wanting for you, which is, you know, really the problem Eve had. Uh, She was wanting something that God had forbidden. And so James is starting out from the very beginning in chapter four to say, you're fighting among yourselves, but stop looking at everybody else around you and look within. That really what you're upset about is there's something struggling within yourself. Like in other words, it's not the other. It's not the other person. It's 
not like it's all your fault or all your issue, but it's it's like that verse. I think it's in one of the gospels where Jesus says, don't focus on the speck in someone else's eye, but focus on the plank in your own eye or something along right. those lines. Yeah. It's exactly what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, how are you going to see what other people are going through if you're blinded by your own stuff? And that's exactly what James is kind of saying. You're right. It is the same principle, is that you're fighting among yourselves, and you're each are blaming each other, when in reality, what's happening is says the war is really within. You desire, and you do not have, and you murder, and you covet, but you cannot obtain. And I think it's interesting because he said, you desire, but you can't have it, but yet you're coveting it. And he says, you fight among yourselves, you rage war, but the reason you don't have it is that you don't ask it. But then again, if you do ask it, you're asking with the wrong motives. You can see the struggle within the first three verses of, I want it, I desire it, I covet it, but I don't ask for it. But then I do, if I do ask for it, I have the wrong motives. So it's as if James is saying, you're a mess. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that. And he actually even goes to chapter, uh, on chapter four, he actually says in uh, verse four, you adulterous people. I mean, he is in their face. And he is saying, adultery, you're wanting something God doesn't want. And that's what he's kind of dealing with. You're, you're wanting what you want. You're prideful. You're selfish. And the war that you're believing is on the outside of you. Actually, it's the war that's within. And here's the problem. And this is what it is. And I think that we could probably really relate to that. I think there's a lot of things that's going on in our world today. And we're fighting among ourselves and we are concerned about what we want. We, we live in such a selfish, prideful world. And we think that we know what we want. We think that we know what would be best for us. And I think that chapter four it's about being prideful. Because it says that you want friendship with the world. So is that what that means? Yes. He's saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be concerned about what God wants. But you're not. You are concerned about the world. And he kind of you know, extends chapter 3 into chapter 4 because he said before, you look at these people that are wealthy and you really want to make sure they're comfortable whenever they're in your presence. But you could care less about people that are poor. So it's a pride thing that he's talking about. It's a heart issue. And that's what I think he means when he says you're adulterous people. It's about your heart. It's about what you love. It's about what you're going after. And you're not going after the things of God. Right. Well, and it says submit yourself under God. Like in other words, you're not submitting yourself under God. That's right. And that's in verse 7 where he says, I want you to resist the devil. Mm -hmm. He said, if you're prideful, the only thing that's going to help that is to humble yourself before God. And he says, I want you to draw near to God. Stop drawing near to the world. Stop trying to be uh, what you're not. You're a follower of Jesus. Well, I think it's, I just thought of this where, I mean, I do think that we hear often, or maybe not often, but it is not probably surprising to most believers to fight against pride. I would venture to say most believers would say, oh yeah, like, you know, pride is not 
the goal. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think it's interesting with him saying, draw near to God. In other words, when you either have pride in your heart or living in a prideful way or whatever that may be, the flip side of that is you're not drawing near to God and you're not submitting yourself to God. And so it's not it's not just this humble yourself. It is not just resisting pride or resisting the enemy. It's also, that means you're not drawing close to God. And if you would just draw close to him, then he would draw close to you. If you would just submit to him, he would give you the grace, you know? And if you did draw to God and you did submit to him and you weren't so prideful, you could ask God, you could pray, and you wouldn't have to worry about your bad motive because you'd have the right motive Mm -hmm. because you would have a heart toward God. You would be thinking about what God wants and not what you want. Right. And the whole chapter four is basically summing it up by saying, you are prideful and you're so concerned about yourself that you're not even thinking about other people and you're not thinking about God. And he's saying the only way that you're going to be able to deal with this is that you've got to humble yourself. And I find that interesting. Did you ever think that God never says he will humble us? as much as he says, often humble yourself, it's a choice that we make. Now, God will put us in situations that will get our attention. God will humble us, though, won't he? He will put us in positions that will cause us to have to sit and think about, what am I going to do about this situation? Either I will humble myself or I will be prideful. I think God allows us to have certain things come in our lives so that we'll look up to Him. So in other words, He might let the bottom fall out so that we would humble ourselves. He's not going to humble us, but He will create circumstances or events or whatever. So that we will choose to be humble, that we'll choose to to surrender to God. Mm -hmm. It's almost like choosing to love Him or follow Him. It's the same. He's not going to force that. Right. And that's the same thing. That's what he's saying. Humble yourself. And he says, if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. So it is a it is one of those things that's like a partnership. It's like a relationship. And what James is saying within the church here and with these Jewish Christians is you're so fighting among yourselves that all you care about is yourself. And he's bringing this to a relationship where it's with God. And he's saying the wars and the things that you're fighting is inside. You're miserable inside. You know, uh, hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that James is saying, quit pointing the finger at everybody. Quit blaming everybody. Because really and truly, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean they're not doing the right thing. Well, I think it's just as much like when you humble yourself to God, then you're going to approach your relationships humble in a humble way. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you're going to, it almost, it reminds me of that saying that you've, I've heard you say a few times about it's, I, I can't remember it, but it's something about giving up your right for, in order for the relationship to be close. What is it? It's giving up your right to be right, to be close. Right. And that's what Jesus did. He gave up his right. He gave up his right to be God and destroy all mankind. The minute that Adam and Eve sinned, God had a right to destroy all that he created in Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. But he gave up his right to be right 
so that he would be close to us. And so he came, he humbled himself, and became a man. And so this is kind of what James is is referring to. He's saying, look, you're fighting among yourselves. There's such a division. And and what is the problem is is your heart. And you're just so concerned about yourself instead of the things of God. And I love the fact that you reminded me of the quote that I often say, and I really had not thought about it until this, until you said it, but that's exactly what James is for, is about giving up your right. And it's not saying you don't speak your mind. It's not saying you don't get, I'm not, when I say speak your mind, it's not saying you don't voice a concern or voice your heart or voice, you know, whatever it may be, but it's just, it's not having that fist. It's not having that pride of, I have to be right, or I have to, you know, yeah, whatever. Well, the raging war within is that's a demand. It's not like you're wanting to just share your heart, right? You're not wanting to express your opinions or how you feel about something. You read the chapter four and you see that it's a fight, right? He just starts out from very beginning. You're, you're having wars, you're having quarrels, you're having fights, and so the reason is quit looking at everybody else and look within. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we so often forget that we're all on the same team in terms of believers. And I love how even in verse 11, he says, don't speak evil against one another. And he's talking Mm -hmm. to the brothers. He's saying, Christian to Christian, don't speak evil against each other. And I mean, even in our day now, you know, like that. And of course, the enemy Mm -hmm. would want to get in between believers because he wants to divide and cause dissension. But I do think we so, and I'm speaking to myself, I'm, you know, preaching to the choir in this is, just reading this is like just being careful and being humble and not speaking evil against, you know, fellow believers. Yes. And I think we do do that today. I heard someone say many years ago, the army that shoots itself is the Christian army. And I believe that that's true. We are fighting among ourselves. And that's exactly your right. That's exactly what James is referring to and really encouraging um, the Christians to get along. And, you know, as a, as a believer, and because we have Christ, we hear so often, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you can if Christ uh, is strengthening you to do it and it's His desire for you to do it. We hear so often, like, you're a victor, you can, you're victorious. And yes, we are, but we they forget that means in Christ. That means the power within us. And so as James is talking about, stop quarreling, stop fighting, because it's really not about you anyway. You are nothing apart from God. He even says at the very end of uh, chapter four, he says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit, make a profit. They don't say they're going to lose anything, make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while then it vanishes. I mean, if James isn't putting them in their place, I just don't know what is. He's basically saying, hey, you're so prideful. You're sitting there and you you won't even take the responsibility of your place in this argument. You're blaming someone else. Let's get to reality here. Let's talk truth. You're nothing. You don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't. Why you got your calendar out? Yeah. And obviously, he's not saying throw everyone throw away your calendars, but it's like you said at the very beginning, it's the heart. 
And they have so much pride and think that they know everything and think they know what tomorrow's going to bring and what that's going to, how everything's going to turn out or, you know, whatever it may be. It's that heart of pride. It is the heart. And it's an awareness in that heart that there is a God and I'm not it. Well, I, I'm not it's, God. It's like they're acting like they are God instead of, and James is like, uh, do I need to remind you that you are not God? <laughs> Yes, I do. And so I'm going to. (laughs) You are not God. And you can uh, boast all day long. Oh, I'm going to go to this city and I'm going to make a profit and I'm going to do this business deal. You know, I'm going to put all my planning. I'm going to really do everything that I can to make sure that my life is perfect and successful. And how many days do we have to live until we finally realize that if we get up that day, it's because God allowed us to. Mm-hmm. And we're just, it's, I, I can't even imagine how God must really feel when we're so prideful. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to achieve this. And, and as everything that we do and we look at our calendars and we look at the things that we plan, nobody plans to destroy their lives. They all plan thinking that they're going to make the best of their lives. And yet, that's exactly the heart of God. God wants us to have His best. But when we slip out of the authority of God and try to be our own authority, then we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what James is talking about. I think it's even important to note in even verse 16, him saying, boasting in that way is not only arrogant, but it's evil. And Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's unintentionally or maybe it's intentionally, but I don't think we think of the gravity of just how evil, like we don't think about being prideful or being, or boasting or, you know, that sort of heart stance. I mean, maybe some people do, but it's just not a common thing to think of it as sin let alone evil. And it's obviously, mm-hmm. we are not evil, but it's like... Well, how we're acting. That's, yeah, right. It's That's what it's coming from. Like, this is not of God. And it's if it's not of God, it's from, it's of the enemy. Mm-hmm. But it's like a simple remedy. You just humble yourself, <laughs> you know? like Yeah, well, that's it's easier not, said exactly. than Exactly. I don't mean simple. I'm just saying there's not, you know, this 10-step program or this a lot. There's nothing to do. It's just... Confess, draw near to God. Yeah, it's just draw near to God. Like it's not easy, but it's simple. In other words, he's saying, don't draw to your plans. Don't draw to your calendar. Don't draw to your gifts and your talents. Don't draw to the resources that you have, the positions that you have. Draw to God. And I find it amazing that James ends this chapter with the sentence that says, so it is sin to know good and not do it. Ouch. It's a, it's a what? It's a sin to know what to do and you don't do it. I mean, how many times would we ever say, well, I know that I need to do this, but I just haven't done it. Oh, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. We don't say that. Well, and I think he's, it's not like, oh, I know I should have, you know, done the laundry today. <laughs> That's not the sin. No. But it's, I know that I need to humble before God and I'm That's not right. doing it. And I know it. I need to love other people. Mm-hmm. 
And I know I shouldn't talk about anybody, but we just say, well, I'm, I've got a blind spot or I, you know, I'm just deceived. And, and I think that that's what James is saying. You are blaming your sin on everything around you and what's happening and it's your heart. And we've got to have a change of heart. And the only way to have a change of heart is to draw near to God because God's the only one that can change our heart. Does, does that make sense? Mm, I think so. And I think that today as we you know, finish chapter four, we're challenged. Mm-hmm. We're challenged to, to stop blaming everybody for the, our misery. Mm-hmm. Is there a, um, maybe a positive note that we could end up? Well, let's ask James. <laughs> maybe that's, <laughs> the, James maybe says, that's the Enneagram 7 to me of like, um, I feel challenged. Can I feel um, hopeful? Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually have seven as well, but I do find it helpful because I feel like he's saying, you've got God, draw near to him. That's hopeful. If we didn't have God, we'd be in a mess. And he's saying, I want you to be reminded without God, you're just like a vapor. Like, in other words, as we kind of tie it all together, your plans and the things that God wants you to do, when you realize that you're, you've got a life of significance and you've got a plan that God has a plan for your life, then it makes all the difference in the world because now it's living with an eternal perspective. It's not just living with the things and the, what I don't have today. And it's not just living with the issues that facing me every day, dealing with people that are, are hard to deal with. And it's, you know, let's just face it. There are some people that are more challenging than others when mm-hmm. we're having to deal with them. And I think that James is really trying to help us. He's really saying, I'm going to help you here. I'm going to really tell you the truth because some people don't. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Quit blaming everybody else. Draw to God and let God direct your life. Let God give you a plan. Let God give you a life of significance. And what you need to do and what I need to do is to humble ourselves before God and say, God, what do you want me to do today? And be ready so that if God decides to take a left turn, we're ready. Mm-hmm. We can take a left turn. Yeah. And I think even like let God take care of your neighbor, you know, like or let God take care of this argument or let God do his work in you. Let God do his work in the other person and let God. Yeah. How many lives have you changed? <laughs> right. Zero. Yeah. How many hearts have you ever changed? Right. Zero. Yeah. You know what? Someone was telling me just yesterday, like, oh, I, I just have a hard time with my life. I don't. I keep trying to do the right thing, and I can't. And I want you to help me. And I said, are you kidding me? I can't change my life. I can't help you anymore than I can help myself. I need a Savior, and I need a God. But because I have a Savior and because I have a God, we have hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be a lot more satisfying if we saw our calendars in such a way that we looked at it, God, what do you want me to do today? Not just go to a city and make a profit. Not just go somewhere and make my life successful, but to make my life significant. And that can only come when we draw near to God. 
And I think that's what chapter four is all about. So today we are challenged. We're challenged to to not blame everybody for our problems. Look within. Choose to humble ourselves. Don't wait on God to do it. That would be very uncomfortable. He has a way of doing it. But we choose to humble ourselves, draw near to God, and then submit to His authority and say, God, what do you want me to do today? You hold the very breath that I breathe. I did nothing. I did nothing to get myself to wake up today, get out of the bed. But you have a plan for my life. You give me the breath. You give me the desire. You give me the power to do what you want me to do. And I think that's a life worth living. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Mm-hmm.